This is a HeadGum Podcast. This is why you're single. This is why you're single. Welcome to the This Is Why You're Single podcast. I'm Laura Lane. I am the co-writer of the book, This Is Why You're Single, along with Angela Spera, who is MIA this week. But every week here on the podcast, we highlight a different dating topic. This week's episode is We All Have a History. And to help me with this week's episode, we have a very special guest host who you guys met a couple episodes ago when he co-hosted with Angela. He did such a good job. We brought him back to co-host with me while Angela's on vacation. Please welcome my husband and our producer, Nicholas. Hello. Hello. Also on the lineup, we're talking about what's new in dating news, why you might not want to show porn to your partner, and what happened when a 61-year-old accidentally live-streamed nude from her job's Instagram account. Then we're diving into the mailbox to answer your listener questions. But first, hello, wife. Hello, husband. Uh, <laughs> I feel like this is this is like a... a what's it called when, like, uh, when TV shows do... Oh, a spinoff. A spinoff. Thank you. Yeah, I was. <laughs> I feel I, like this is this like us doing a podcast together could be a spinoff podcast. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of feeling like uh, one of those seat fillers at like the Oscars. Like if, if there's not <laughs> enough people there, they rush me in and I sit down. I know we. This is our 92nd episode, and Angela and I have never missed an episode for the first 90. Yeah, and then all of a sudden we're like just checking out yeah i don't know it's bizarro time but hey i love doing the show so that's yeah you did good. a good job last time i Thank really enjoyed you. i you learned a lot of tips from the dominatrix that i'm still <laughs> waiting for you to use in the bedroom aye, aye. it's gonna be that kind of podcast is it <laughs> yeah uh so you are our producer and yeah. a lot of people that i meet our listeners are like what's it like for you to be talking about like sex and your relationship <laughs> when your husband is in the room yeah. So I never know how to answer that. I, well, I explain that sometimes you're in the room, sometimes you're not. Usually when I'm telling like the most divulgent <laughs> of stories, you're not in the room, but sometimes you are. What's it like from your end? Um, I don't know. I think it's kind of lovely. I don't, I guess I've said this before to you, but I just, I don't see you talking about our life together as anything other than interesting. I also sort of feel a, when you're talking about it, I want you to talk about the truest thing. I think that's the best thing for you to talk about. It's the most interesting podcast, but also it's it's the most honest thing. And that's kind of what I want you to do. And I feel... You're a good man. I guess. I feel kind of abstracted from it in a way. I don't think that I... Because I feel like it's your story. And that's you should tell your story how you want to tell your story. And that's sort of how I feel about it. Have I ever talked about anything on the podcast that you haven't wanted me to? Um, I don't think so. I think that I, I know I feel comfortable. I, I don't feel protective of your version of our lives. Like that doesn't bother me. I think I worry sometimes if it involves like other people in our lives that may not. So like if I talk about your exes or yeah, something like that. Yeah, right. Or, or like family stuff like that. Sometimes I wonder because I don't. Because does our family, does your mom listen to the podcast? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know. Uh, but uh, she's never brought it up. So if she did, she's just deeply I think she doesn't. repressing it. I don't, I don't think she does. 
Yeah, it would be weird to find out that she did. But uh, you know, we're—you've talked about it a lot. We're uh, we're Catholic folk. We don't deal with our problems uh, with each other, except no. when it blows up. So I would never know. My mom doesn't listen to the podcast. I'm not sure she knows how to listen to a podcast. Uh, but also, I've just told her not to. And and <laughs> I know some moms would say like, "Okay, for sure, I won't listen to it." But then secretly, they they would. But I just. I trust my mom and I know she's not listening to it, but my sister listens to it every week and I'm weirdly totally cool with, I'm cool with that. My sister and I talk about everything though. Shout out to Molly. How you doing Molly? Um, yeah, you're like, you're, you're a big person because I, I talk about fights we get in. I talk about like sexual stuff kind (laughs) of, I mean not like details, but yeah, I don't know. Is there, I mean, now's your opportunity. Is there anything you want (laughs) to talk about or ask me? No, I think I'm the same on mic as I am off mic. I think it's, it's fine. It's your, it's your life. It's your story. I think that's, uh, the people who listen to the show, I hope listen for somebody speaking from the heart. I think that's what's interesting about listening to anybody talk. And I would feel bad if you felt like I was preventing you from doing that, which is, thank you. Yeah. Well, I, it's not just the, not just the, producer in me saying that but that's also me as your partner i i I want you to feel free to have your feelings and to express them wow that was sappy i mean a lot of people listen to the podcast have asked me about about that i've gotten a lot of emails about that when we did the live shows um (laughs) they they would come up to me after the show and ask like what's that like for your husband to be in the room he like produces your podcast and i'm like yeah i know it's weird he produces it but it's not like that guys it's not like yeah, well, we're not I, like a weird duo. <laughs> like, do you know how there's yeah. like some couples that like yeah. they like they like do every they like work together all the time and yeah. Well, I uh, we're not like the not Brady Bunch, but like <laughs> I don't know the example <laughs> you're going for, but the people should know that I uh, we make a lot of podcasts here. But you and Laura, or you and Angela, are the <laughs> whoa. Uh, sorry, I'm out of. I'm you're used week. to I guess when I'm used to co-hosting with Angela. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you and Angela are the easiest podcast in the world to produce uh, because you guys take care of everything and I often am just hitting the record button if that and then putting it up so my job's incredibly easy with you guys um, that's because I'm an OCD control freak. yeah and I and I uh, know that about you and love that about you and I know enough <laughs> as a producer to get out of your way and let you do your thing Aww, and, thank uh, you. and so I think we, we get good stuff because of that so yeah well, as your wife, you and I have had a big week this week because we recently bought our first home yeah. and we've been moving in with each other. Well, we've already lived together, but we're moving into the home together yeah, now. We've lived yeah, we've lived together. Yeah, sorry. Yes. Yeah. We lived together for like, I don't know, six years? A yeah. long time. Right. A long time for someone that hosted podcasts about being single. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we moved into our, our first home together yes. because, okay, here's guys, this is how it went down a year and a half into our relationship. My lease was coming up and I, for a, a long time was always that person that was like, I don't want to live with a guy before I get married. Not for old fashioned reasons, but I just liked the idea that when you get married, you really bring your lives together. So I had that in my head, but then the realities of living in New York kind of hit where like I was having to commute to Brooklyn to, if I wanted to see you and like waking up at like six in the morning to have to get ready for work. And I was like, this sucks. And I, that was when I was working at entertainment magazines and like, mm. and covering events till like midnight. So I, if I was going to see you, I like had to come over, you know? So I really wanted to live with you. Do you remember when the day that I asked if you would move in with me I don't, or if I could move in with you? I don't have a specific, I mean, I remember us 
talking about it, trying to figure it out together. I don't remember like the day and the time and the place. I you, can, it sounds like you do. <laughs> I we were in that Cuban restaurant in okay. in the East Village. Sure. You know that one that's like Cienfuego. Cienfuego, and we were sitting in a table in the back right corner. And I remember like asking you, and then when it came time to like. I guess you definitely wanted me to move into your current place, which we ended up doing. But like I had read some article in like a monthly (laughs) magazine that had said, whatever you do, do not move into a man's apartment because guys are territorial and it's much better for you to move into a new place. So I like really pushed that agenda for a while. Do you remember going with my, with my friend Katie on like real estate missions to look at new places? I I do because, uh, I think that's one of those articles that doesn't take into account the reality of New York and also the fact that I I lived in such a nice place. And, uh, <laughs> you did. You have you had a really nice place. Yeah. And I even tried to get you to move into my place. I was like, well, mine <laughs> has like two bedrooms. What if you moved into my place? And I lived in like Stye Town, which, yeah. which was great when I lived there. But like compared to Nick's cool Williamsburg huge loft and my like tiny yeah. sty town place nick looked at me like i had six eyeballs yeah well i think you were coming at it from um you had some kind of romantic ideas and they were informed by this article you had read and, and a certain <laughs> sort of uh, idea about how things were going to be and i was coming at it from kind of like um practical well yeah and a little bit of like just the space itself you know i don't know i, I i'd been sort of working in the space also i just I was thinking of the neighborhood. I, so I don't know. We just had different approaches to it. But I mean, uh, I'm glad in the end because I loved our apartment. But I do. I still stand by that article. Obviously, <laughs> things turned out well for us. We ended up getting married. But I remember that first year or the first year was like really hard adjusting to living yeah, together. But I think that that's true regardless of where you're living. I mean, I think that. But I still think the idea of like building a life together or building a new place together, a new apartment would have maybe made it not as hard. You don't think so? I just disagree. I think we just, uh, there was just the reality of what we had, which was a nice place for an amount of rent that was going to be stable compared to other places that were going to go up. So yeah, I just think I think about it all from the practical point of view of like, it would have been a big shift. It would have added even more struggle to a new time in our life that we yeah. were coming together. And I, I feel like the first year of figuring out how to live with somebody is complicated because every, you know, each individual person has. And I didn't know how to talk about things. Like I would see like the, I would work all day and then I'd come back and like the laundry bag still wouldn't be like taken, dropped off at the laundry and I would like lose my shit. I was like passive aggressive. I think I did. I didn't, <laughs> I wasn't, I was not good at communicating. Well, uh, on topic for this episode, I, I also went into this conversation with you with the knowledge of having lived with a partner before and in a really bad scenario, meaning like should not have moved in with that person, got sort of stuck in an environment where I felt like it was hard to get out of that because of the problem of well, and she wasn't, yeah, she wasn't paying rent yeah. and you didn't know how to like tell her to leave or, or, yeah, or you didn't know how I to mean, break I, up with I, her. Well, I, I don't, I mean, this is probably getting to the territory of oh, not sorry. throwing someone under the bus, but I just think that the feeling of like, I tried to live with somebody before and it, and it didn't go well. And, uh, and so, yeah, I think part of me was like, oh boy, this, but you know, I felt very differently about you and I think that yeah, you said just, yes immediately. Yeah. Cause I think like I knew how I felt about you and, and I also like 
I think people should live together as their relationship is progressing because I think there's so many things that you start to work on in a relationship and figure out about each other that distance from each other would maybe obscure, you know, that you wouldn't be able to figure out. And by, by putting yourselves in proximity to each other like that, then you, you pretty much can't hide from the the things that you're going to have to solve and, um, and understand about each other. So I was definitely for it, but I, I know that I'm not the only person that has had this happen to in New York, which is you break up with somebody, but because real estate is the way that it is, you keep living with them for a while. I've had so many friends that that's happened to. It's it's a, it's pretty unique to, I think big, big expensive cities, but it is a very strange uh, thing. And I I had a friend who like lived with their ex for six months because the lease wasn't up and they one one person couldn't pay the rent on their own. And they both just wanted to let, they didn't want to get like some random roommate in there. And the other person didn't have anywhere to go. It was a whole thing. Dark times. Yeah. Baggage baggage (laughs) yeah but i think also talking about like we all have a history we kind of come from different perspectives in terms of that like you seem to not really want to hear about my history but like me finding out about your ex that you lived with it kind of it informed me maybe when i found that out i found it out kind of later on it made me maybe i think a little bit more empathetic to however you would act or respond to things when we were living with each other. I'm a big proponent of, I think it's helpful to, to know certain things about people's history, but you kind of are the opposite. Would you agree with that? Uh, no, I think oh. that, uh, <laughs> Never mind then. no, I think that I respect that your history is yours and the things that you share are up to you to share. And, and I, but you don't seem curious about them. You don't, you're uh, not, you never ask me questions. Yeah. I'm not, that's what, I guess that's what I mean. I think it's, um, your life before we were together is a wonderful journey that led to you and I meeting. And so I, I, it's all good for, to me, but if you felt like talking about it or sharing, that'd be, that's great. And I, I'm happy to know that, but I don't, nothing you could tell me about your life before me would, uh, I don't know, would, would, yeah, I, I, I'm not like disturbed by it or concerned or I don't necessarily, it wouldn't make you not stop liking me, but I, and and I agree with that too. Like I don't think there's anything unless I found out like I don't know something horrific that you had done like not to get dark but like you had like abused some ex or something like that where I'd be like oh this person has like tendencies I whatever then that would maybe make me think differently about a person that I'm dating but in terms of like of our our history I think it like inf- informs and allows for empathy in situations that you wouldn't know to be empathetic in. Agree to disagree. Let's move on now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well said. Oh, anyways. So going back to us moving in. So we, we moved in with each other. It was like a little rough for like a year or two. And then, and then, and then it was great. And then we got (laughs) married. (laughs) Uh, nice summary of our life. Why? What would you say? How would you? No, summarize? I don't know. I don't. It's, I don't. I guess I don't remember. I, you know, I remember some of the practical struggles of trying to figure it out, and it, it took a while because I used to also work uh, in the space that I that we then were living together um, as a painter, and that was just tough because it you know it used to be this really big open space that I could just use however I wanted, and it took a long time to sort of move towards a space that we were kind of sharing um 
in a way that made both of us happy. So, but I yeah, think for those of you that don't know, Nick's is a painter and artist. You can check him out at Nick <laughs> no, dash rad.com. No and then, and then he, but he, you know, now he, he produces all of the podcasts for HeadGum on the East coast. Yeah. So, you know that, but that's a struggle that I think everybody has in general is like a, a live work thing. And I, I think it would, it doesn't matter what space it was. The fact that it was sort of trying to work in the same space that we were living. Yeah. It made tough. it difficult. Yeah. And, um, and that's another kind of rent driven decision that, you know, New York will do to you. So, uh, yeah. but, but now boy, have we upgraded? I think we were laying in bed the other night, just kind of saying like, can you believe we get to have this life? I don't know. We were just kind well, of, we just got really, a new home. It's really nice, yeah. but we, I know we've lived together now for six years mm-hmm. and we're just in a couple of weeks. It'll be our two year anniversary since we've been married, but this still feels like a momentous milestone to me because it's the first home that we are creating together from scratch. Whereas, like I said, I moved into your place, which had like, you know, its own inherent struggles with like you liking things the way that they are. You were just, you know, I think compared to like most guys, you were like incredibly gracious with letting me bring my stuff into the place and make room for me. I think more than any guy <laughs> that I can ever imagine. But this feels different because it's the first place we're starting from scratch. Does it feel different to you? Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's <laughs> we've been making a lot of large financial decisions together, and that's uh, uh, that's part of adulting. That's part of a, a, an adult thing that um, can create a lot of stress. And um, you know, we've worked through it, and I think um, I, I feel like we're living in a you know an a nice collective Venn diagram of what makes us really happy and mm-hmm. what overlaps and between like work, finding well, our creative pursuit that, but I, but I was, speci- I, but specifically the space itself, you know, oh, that, like yeah. in picking out the home that, that we want and the things that we want in it. And, the and things, some things I like that you right, don't. Right. Sometimes, right. So. And we run into that, you know, where sometimes we just don't, you know, we just aren't going to agree. And, um, and like then, I bought like, 30 things in emerald green velvet <laughs> and nick's like why the fuck did you not ask me first yeah yeah that was an interesting decision but um, but now i'm learning to i'm slowly learning <laughs> i've made a i've bought a couple things without asking but i mostly now i'm learning to like ask if he likes something before i purchase it for the home and he because he always asked me first which is nice yeah of him. i just think it's that you know when we're sharing space it's something that we are trying to be cognizant of uh I guess I'm used to like movies where it's like the girl does all the decorating or like I, I do, my, or like my mom I like do. decorated the whole house and my dad didn't even care. I, and your mom decorated her whole house without even care. It's like I, a generational I thing. I do think that you take a certain kind of gender role thing along with you. I know. A lot. It it's bums bad. Me out a little bit because I it's cause bad because I, I feel like I hate to play into gender stereotypes yeah. and then I find myself doing it. Yeah. It's really I, bad. I get a little bummed because I think that uh, I'm above that. Yeah, I think you are in your in your day to day life and the way you talk about people's lives and their feelings. That that's and our relationship is so anti gender stereotypes. Like you're never like cook for me, bitch. You know? Wow. Yeah. No, I've never said that. <laughs> I've never said that. That's for sure. Um, I you know my, I have a one of those super moms. Somebody who like really went very hard on um, overachieving as being a mom, and uh, she cooked a lot, but hated it. I mean, just hated doing it. 
so now when I want to cook and I'm like trying to do something nice and I'm like uh, I want to cook you he's like but you really don't have out. to yeah, please don't and I'm like can you just like say thank you no, and it, can it, we enjoy a nice meal together it stresses me out when uh, when you want to cook because I just I've internalized the anxiety that surrounds I'll see, it I, but I only cook when I genuinely want to yeah well I but I it will makes me always. happy to make you happy too <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we're not going to get to the bottom of this well by the end of the podcast, but... But anyways, yes, I know I hate when I play into gender stereotypes where I'm like, guys aren't supposed to care about decorating, which is like just like the most antiquated, horrible thing for me to even think. And and I and by, I don't and I don't way, genuinely I, believe that, especially because I'm married to an artist who yeah, obviously put, cares about aesthetics. Yeah, I put six years of education and almost a decade in of being an artist and a and a painter and caring about light and space and color i mean it's right down my main street to <laughs> I care know, about what we, what we put in our but on true. the other hand i have a penis so <laughs> i guess i shouldn't I, care i don't truly believe in the in playing into you the gender what? roles get in, get in the kitchen woman what are you why are you still talking right now <laughs> oh i feel All bad right. whenever i think that okay we got to move on but i just have one last question because yes. we're spending a lot of time on the interview portion but i kind of get to i'm trying to i'm trying to like take advantage of this I'm being I, interrogated i here. get to like yeah well normally normally it, i'm silently judging behind the uh, well if i try to ask you these questions when we're not there's not a mic i feel like you'll be like why oh yeah and now I, there's a reason for them when i'm not on mic i just uh i just shut down i'm silent and dead kind of yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you're on the mic you have to answer the question oh boy okay my last question for Please. you during our interview portion of this podcast sure. that i've extended longer than i think any <laughs> guest on the, our podcast ever um two year anniversary is coming up mm-hmm. what's it like to be married to me uh it's wonderful it's uh it's it's you know i don't know that i feel crazy different about being married to you than i did about dating you uh, but I think that's because... It doesn't feel different because a lot of people ask me that. They say, does it feel different to yeah, be married? I, For me, no, because I think really early on into our relationship, I felt fully heart and soul committed to you as as my partner and my person in life. And so I think that um, the difference about being married and, and kind of putting that around it feels more outward. It's to other people, you know? It's a, it's a way I describe you to other people and that said something in terms of the society the people that i know the friends that commitment i commitment to me i well that's of what how, I'm people saying, that how people your perceive your commitment it. To me. yeah not mine and in terms of like our our age and that kind of thing and so the effect actually is outward but it's definitely for me not um but also if you like change your mind it's a little harder to get out of it <laughs> Let's be honest okay uh, <laughs> yeah i suppose that's true but i think that um yeah, I don't know. I think that that I I don't feel a huge effect of being married is different from. Um, Have I acted differently being married? Um, yeah, maybe a little. I don't know. I think that maybe a little bit less. Um, I don't know. That's a good question. I I I don't know. Do you feel like? Do you feel different? I'll ask you. <laughs> um, I mean, I hate to play into this because I definitely what I believe and like what I like preach is like you don't have to follow like societal standards like don't get married if you don't want to like obviously don't have kids if you don't want to date five people at one time if that's what you want to do like open-minded but I definitely just I feel a little bit more secure if I'm being honest and I hate that because I I mean I don't want to hate that but I I don't want to play into like 
like societal expectations and like the ideal the idea that like you have to get like married by like a certain age and this and that and I we've done podcasts on like uh, whatever I feel a little bit more secure being married and I don't know why because you've done nothing to make me not feel insecure but I feel a little bit more like at ease in our relationship I think than I felt um yeah that's your that's your truth I think I think what's nice about loving somebody and caring about somebody is that you can be sharing the same experience and have separate truths about it and respect the other person's. And so I think that like your experience, you have to be so perfect. I'm not, I'm not, you perfect. always say I'm the perfect, perfect thing, but I just, I recognize that you, that the feelings about this, um, come from a place that, that means something to you. And that's important, you know, and I, I can sort of on my own terms, disagree with the content of it, but I, but I recognize it like it, it means something to you and that's great. Like it makes me happy to, to know that you feel a sense of security that you didn't before, as opposed to like mad that you didn't feel that before, you know? So. Yeah. When did you know you wanted to marry me? Because <laughs> uh, because a lot of people like our parents were like, when's he going to propose? When's he going to propose? Because we got, I think it was like five years. So mm-hmm. I'm curious when a lot of people will email in saying like, when should I expect, you know, him to propose? And I have friends that after a year and a half are like knocking on. So it's different for everybody in every relationship. How is it for you? Um, I don't know that I, cause I think that, you know, marriage to me is, um, it's, it's the contractual part of a of a committed loving relationship and i think that for me it wasn't something that i was uh, worried about uh but i feel like i I got pretty clear you know uh conversations with you and signals (laughs) from you that it was important to you and i think that (laughs) what are you talking about (laughs) what kind of signals uh, i think you i think you had the wedding dress before i proposed or something or you had tried it on i mean we had looked at a ring at that point so it wasn't that crazy no it's not that crazy but i but i but i understood that it was um important to you and i think that it's probably longer it took longer than maybe in your ideal uh for me to to want to talk about it or to care about it. Well, you had um, first brought it up after two years, but then we didn't get engaged till five years. <laughs> no, I'm just... You, you have a chart and a graph. Out right now. <laughs> I know. I think that I I'm don't... just curious. A lot of people ask these questions. Yeah. And I'm curious because, because marriage has not changed the way you feel about me and our relationship. And from like pretty early on, you knew you wanted to be with me. So I'm always interested in marriage didn't matter to you as much it was an outward thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious at why, what made you wait till it, when you waited? No, I think it increasingly was clear to me that it was really significant to you. And I uh, recognize that. And I think that you know, the last thing in the world that I, that I would want is for you not to believe that I, you know, loved you in the way that you wanted to be loved. And that was something that was easy to, um, overcome because I felt like our lives were, you know, merged and we were together and it seemed just, it, it seemed like there was no time before that, that I like, but I think having gotten married before that would have been a bit of a leap emotionally, not like that I wasn't connected to you, but that we would just be like, we haven't solved some of these big problems. And as you know, at a marriage, we're for the rest of our lives going to be figuring things out together and hard things still come up and we still, 
all of a sudden are angry at each other for reasons that feel like, oh, we should be past this or whatever. And and so I think that, um, I don't know, to me, it just seemed like we kind of hit the progression of like where we were at in our lives. And as two people trying to, you know, become adults together, uh, I guess all I can say is it just seemed clear to me that that, that was the right time. And there was a bit of like traditionalist stuff that had to happen and that I think I had a hard time overcoming, which is like, I, I, the idea of a of a big old wedding and all that kind of stuff was was a little tough for me to. Um, You're a good sport. Yeah, because I knew it was important to you, and I, we and had I, a big ass yeah, wedding. We really did. We like went all in. Yeah, and I and I knew you that, never told me you didn't want to have one though. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't <laughs> think that I was. Uh, I don't think I was the guy driving that uh, <laughs> agenda. So I think. But um, you had fun. Yeah, absolutely. It I'm telling you, you had fun, yeah. right? <laughs> uh, yeah, it was. Beautiful. It was fun. Yeah. It was so much fun. Yeah. Okay, wait. I lied. I have one last question. Oh my okay. god. <laughs> I, you know what? For somebody, is, can for we just somebody, do like an hour long interview for portion? somebody who's so OCD about her little agenda that she wrote out here? We've completely blown through it. I, know. Uh, I wrote like six to 10 minutes for the interview that's portion. Okay. That's I think okay. It's I'm boring. having a great time. Okay. Lastly, sure. you really are like my dream guy in terms of like if I, when I used to like write down what I wanted in a person, <laughs> I, it was like someone that kind of looked like. Stop right there. Stop right there. Because, well, I was like a little teenager, yeah, you know? But this is. All right. I could preempt the question by saying that this is not something that young Nick ever did. I never wrote down descriptors of a person that all I right. imagined. All right. So well, I, anyways, I can you, your question, you, like, came, you were like molded out of clay for me. Oh, I wanted someone that was like oh. creative spirit who was like also kind of looks like you. Like I'm really into the long <laughs> hair look kind of like someone that like looks like they're a musician but then they're not but then they're also like an intellectual uh, so like i always used to date i dated like creatives i dated lawyers and i dated like athletes like i always dated like a mix of people because i could never find there was never one person that fulfilled all of the needs and then i met you and you're an intellectual uh you're creative and you also like sports but not obsessively so you kind of like fit all of the things i would date in a person um but like am i like like not I, I'm like uh, I, I'm a confident lady, but like I'm like really your dream girl. Is, Am I your dream this girl? Is such a hilariously loaded question, yeah, and also engineered completely wrong. I, I what, uh, how should I have? No, I just it's, it's like a, I mean, is there like a Victoria's Secret model that no, would really this is be like your a dream clear girl? Trap question that you should be disbarred from podcasting. Uh, for Why? Because uh, you're, you're well, answer it anyway. Yeah, I will. Uh, that's not how I walked through the world. I didn't, I, like I said, as a, as a young child, I didn't sit there and write qualities of a lady, qualities of a person that I was looking for. What happened in my life was that I met you and I fell in love with the person that I met. But you had to think of like what the type of person you wanted to date. I'm sorry to tell you that, uh, my experience is different than yours. Like I don't, um, I, I, I've dated a variety of people in my life and I dated them because I met them and in that moment was compelled by something in them, whether I could recognize what that was or not at the time. And uh, and I think that I don't really look at, I, I feel like it's, unhealthy is not the right word, but it's not strengthening of an affection for somebody to take their qualities out of the context of who they are and say, oh, this person could be more like that or there's this other person that's like that. That that to me feels like a road to emotional disaster that I'm not interested in walking down. So I, so I feel like 
you want what I can say to you is you are my perfect person, and I and I feel like that 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 was such a good answer. Yeah, but I but I feel like it it comes from a place of meeting you, learning who you are, and loving who you are, thank and not you. from trying to predict who I wanted you to be. Thank thank you for loving all of my history. See, I brought it back full circle. <laughs> Long segue to the episode. That was my whole plan. Wow, to bring it back to the episode. That was beautiful. No, but. Just to say, I do, I agree. It's not healthy to be like, oh, I wish this person was a little bit more like this. Yeah. I agree with that. Because you have to, this whole episode is about accepting people for who they are with all of their flaws and baggage. And you just, anyways, okay. All right. This podcast is going to be three hours long. So we are going to jump into, thanks for being a good sport, by right. the way. It was fun. I loved it. Let's jump into what's in the news. I almost said Angela. <laughs> I, I miss her so much. Yeah. Oh, she sent us a note and told us not to have fun. Oh, no. That's just like your note that, I know. that you sent to But her note was just for, I think my note was like you a paragraph. Th- yeah, and you threatened to murder us. That yeah, she didn't threaten to murder anybody Great. when when I was missing Great. from the podcast. All right, what have you been reading about in well, the news? Okay, so this week I've been reading about uh, the case against showing your your porn to your partner, which is in New York Magazine, and it's by Priscilla Pine. And uh, Priscilla writes; uh, she starts the article off by talking about how uh, she was dating an, a now ex boyfriend long distance, and she asked him to share his porn with her um, as a way to kind of bridge the digital physical divide. And so he sent a POV. Do you know what that is, Laura? No, what is that? <laughs> Point of view uh, oh, video okay. of a man finishing into a woman's mouth without her assistance. So he's so it's like he had like um he had yeah, a, a GoPro or a GoPro something along on those him. Lines. It's a genre of pornography. Uh, the writer Priscilla just didn't get it. She didn't get why that was his fetish. She didn't understand why of all the possible porn that he could be looking at or that he could send to her this one of a guy finishing himself uh, whatever she just didn't get it it kind of disconnected her and she writes about how uh that women's media had been telling her since she was 15 years old that it was a good idea uh because it it created a dialogue about people's desires and sexuality um but her conclusion uh was that some things are better kept to yourself and she interviewed a bunch of people in the article uh, many of whom echoed this idea that uh, they tried they thought they had they thought it would be a good idea uh, to share their porn porn preferences with their partner uh, but found that in doing so something was examined or exploited that uh, that they felt was separate from uh, the shared sexual act that was just kind of either individual to the other person that they didn't understand or that their partner misinterpreted whatever it was about the porn that they were sharing. Um, and Is this why you will never tell yeah. me what kind of porn you watch? Yeah, I think some of the, some of the, I mean, I, but I have told you, which I think is sort of the most boring kind to people who ask that question, which is attractive mm-hmm. people having sex. I that's just what think. you like to watch. Well, but what, is, what do you determine as attractiveness? Yeah, do you like- but that's, I don't think that I, it's not clear. I think that's the thing. I think it's sort of, I don't, I think some people have uh, fetishes that they sort of, that, that that's their thing. They get it. They understand it. I certainly don't, uh, or I can't identify them in a way that would 
change the way that I communicate about sex to you. I also, this article also says something about um, the separation between uh, sexual pleasure just for the sake of like release and the shared interactive um, sexual pleasure between two people. And I just think that's true. I think like there's this idea of intimacy that's, um, oh, if you love somebody, you share every single aspect of your life with that person. But I don't agree with that. Right. I and think I, you're allowed to have your your in, own interior dialogue and yeah. like, some secrets. Right. So I find the idea of like a interior life and in a private sense of yourself uh, is significant and something that, that should be respected on both sides. And I feel like porn has a relationship to sex but it's not one-to-one and i and i it's like sharing bathroom habits i don't find it i don't find it particularly that enlightening unless it's something that someone feels the need or or feels like that's the best way to communicate yeah i don't want you to see my bathroom habits right i want you to just think i look beautiful all the time i of course you do and i'm and i'm (laughs) i'm sure that you look beautiful while in the bathroom but it's not something that i particularly would like to watch now there are other people out there. I have a friend that, are into that this and I have a friend fine. that was having sex with a guy, and she said she had to go to the bathroom to pee, and he followed her into the bathroom and wanted to watch her pee, and then like jerked off while she was peeing. Like yeah, that turned I mean, him that's, on. That's fine, and if if that upset her, that's not fine. But she's if, not sure how she feels about yeah, it. Yeah. Well, I, then she's got to look into herself and decide is like that's something that she's comfortable with. Uh, but you know that's I wouldn't shame that guy for having that fetish. But yeah, exactly. It is, but it is something that he, you know, probably needs to be conscious of asking. A he didn't really ask; he just did it. She yeah. said that she was kind of, on one hand, she was kind of turned on by the ballsiness of him to just do it, and on the other hand, she she's not into that, so she thought yeah. it was like a little creepy. So it was kind of both. Yeah. She was undecided of how she felt. Certainly a, a, a gray area of people's uh, comfort zones because I think the idea of being turned on by somebody not clarifying their boundaries is a real thing. I think people have that. Mm-hmm. But it risks making somebody feel sexually violated, you know, either, I mean, not necessarily physically, but even just perceptually and that's also problematic so i mean that's some sticky shit so you just know. watch like normal <laughs> to, recap I, uh, to, to recap i don't the, need to see exactly the video the but content of what i said sort of stands i don't think that i have you don't want to tell me not that i don't want to tell you i don't think there's anything interesting about it that, i believe i understand everything you're saying i still want to know yeah well i'm a I, curious we, person. we're at an impasse what can we do how often <laughs> that's <laughs> Yeah. Daily? Daily? No, so not daily. Weekly? I I plead the fifth. On oh, okay, weekly. Weekly. <laughs> oh, Lord. You don't even, see, you don't even I, ask me what kind I right. watch. Because because I believe in what I said, which all is right. I respect your the right to your privacy and your sense of yourself separate from All right. All right. Um okay, you want to know what I've been reading? Sure. I've been reading Cosmo. Sexy. <laughs> A lot of people ask, I think you've addressed this, but a lot of people have mentioned that that voice kind of sounds like you, but it's not you. I wish. Am I? You don't think do so? Do I have that voice? Just sing it yourself. All right. Sexy. That, I, if I, I don't know if you played it or sang it. Really? I genuinely don't. Okay. Wait. Sexy. 
Okay. Sexy. <laughs> okay, that time. That okay, time. see, when I try to do it, I can't do it. Yeah. Um, anyway. Okay. What have you been reading? I've been reading about a 61-year-old who was fired after accidentally live streaming nude from her job's Instagram account. I love this story so much. (laughs) 61-year-old Lynn Dorsey was fired from her job as Webster Parish, Louisiana's tourism director after she repeatedly live streamed herself nude on the town's Instagram account instead of her own. (laughs) So Dorsey said that she was new to Instagram at the time and pressed the wrong button, not knowing that she was number one on the Webster Parish account and number two live. The video, which lasted about 30 minutes, was intended for her husband to view (laughs) privately, which is like so sweet. She's like the 61 year old tourism director who was like trying to keep things like steamy with her husband and now is fired. And I love her so much. So she was placed on paid administrative leave after the incident but was fired mid-February after a special meeting. Mm-hmm. On April 10th, Dorsey filed a lawsuit against the Webster Parish Convention and Visitors Bureau and its board directors saying that the meeting failed to comply. All right, whatever. She's fired. She's <laughs> She got fired. Yeah, she and got she fired. Sued. So she said it was a horrible, honest mistake. Yeah. I am mortified. I would never send that type of content out intentionally. And I just, oh, I like, I, I understand both sides of this. Obviously, you kind of have to fire her after this incident. Like, you really don't have a choice. But on the other hand, like, this sweet woman was, like, trying to keep things sexy for her husband. What, what, why do you feel like you have to fire her? I, what's Why do we have to fire her? I mean, they're just, like, you've when it's, like, any, like, government agency and their, like, children could be watching this Instagram account because it's, like, a city Instagram account. Uh, it sounds like you yeah. kind of, like, it's, like, you kind of yeah. have to, right? Like, yeah. you got you to gotta save face as the tourism director of whatever yeah. Webster Parish, Louisiana. Do you, you disagree? No, I, I'm just heartbroken by this story. It's so sad. I hope it's that... so sad. I She's that, so sweet. I hope that Lynn has landed on her feet or on her back, whichever she prefers. Oh, hey, oh. oh, hey. No, I don't. It's just such a silly thing. I mean, I think everybody, everybody who's having an active sex life or enjoys taping themselves, cool. That's awesome. Yeah, it's I know. out there. Why do we have to shoot her down? But no, I guess, no, I don't shoot her down for that. No, no. I mean, I, I understand. Know. Like, she kind of had to be fired in this right. situation. Just in her her, compa- her job sort of. But it sucks because she's sixty one. Like, she was probably going to retire within ten years, and like, and like, and now it's hard for. <laughs> there's a lot of ageism out there when you're looking for a job. I really hope that she finds another job that appreciates that this woman is like an open minded sexual creature who. Didn't mean to do this. Yeah, we should reach out to Lynn. Well, I would love to have Lynn on the Lynn on the podcast. Yeah, right. Yeah, I know she probably wants to put this behind her, but maybe maybe <laughs> she'd want to come on. All right, it is time for us to jump into the mailbox. But first, let's take a quick moment to thank our sponsors. We would also like to thank Aptive. Aptive is an audio fitness app that combines the instructions of a personal trainer with perfect playlists to create workouts that are going to make you work harder. Because you know that drive you feel to work out harder in a class or in a personal training session? I know that I do. That's why I go to a lot of classes. But sometimes I really just want to work out from home, but I still want that motivation. That's why I use Aptive. Aptive delivers that experience straight to your earbuds by syncing the motivational guidance of 
a trainer with the perfect playlist to bring you an elevated on-demand audio fitness experience. It is so cool. From beginner stair climber classes to high intensity elliptical workouts and energizing yoga flows, which I'm all about. You guys know I love my yoga. I go like five times a week. They have access to professionally guided workouts anytime, anywhere with Aptive. Aptive is spelled A-A-P-T-I-V. So check it out. You, If you use Aptive, you're going to get unlimited access to hundreds of fitness classes in running, cycling, elliptical, all that stuff. High intensity interval training that's going to help you burn those extra calories. They also have amazing playlists filled with music that you love. There's customizable workouts for distance, duration, intensity, and calories burned. It's super cool. You guys get unlimited access to all classes for just $9.99 a month or $99. a year. They also offer a 100% money back guarantee within seven days. No questions, but we're hooking it up for you guys. You don't need to do any of that because for our listeners, they are offering a 30 day trial for free, for free with Aptiv. So when you sign up for a monthly subscription by going to www.aaptiv.com, all you have to do is enter our promo code single and they're going to give us 30 days on them. So it's pretty cool. But one thing I have to tell you about the promo code is you guys have to go to www.aaptiv.com to redeem these codes. You can't do it through the app. So you can use the app, but to use the code, you have to go to the website. Oh, and Angela would really like it if you would send her pictures of your belfies, your cool butt shots of you working out. Check it out. Get that summer booty bud with Aptiv. All right, we're going to jump into the mailbox. But first, Nick, I have an update. A few weeks ago, Angela and I did a question from a listener who is like extremely allergic to cats and she was going to go on a date with a guy. I remember. Yeah, you remember. She was going to go on a date with a guy who had cats and she didn't know whether she should like tell him she's allergic and that she'll never be able to go over to his house or like she should take the chance or she should just not go on the date. Anyways, we got an email from another listener named Leslie who wrote in and said, I just listened to yesterday's podcast and I have a suggestion for the girl with the extreme cat allergies. Great. You can actually get immunized against cat dog dander with allergy shots the same way you would with the environmental allergies. This may seem like an extreme measure to consider before even going on a first date, but it sounds like she really likes this guy and I would imagine an extreme allergy like that could impact her interactions with friends, family, and make traveling by public transportation airplanes pretty miserable. Um, So anyways, she made this suggestion and says, if it doesn't work out with the guy, then at least she can enjoy a cat cafe solo. Love the podcast, ladies. Thank you, Leslie, for the tip. Yeah, Leslie just solving problems practically like she's just getting it done <laughs> angela and i spent like 10 minutes on this question being like i think she should still go on the date but like uh, i don't know they haven't even met in person like maybe she should just skip it and keep things simple and go out with someone that doesn't have cats and like we, well, if only using we medicine over here <laughs> yeah leslie's fixing the problem actually helping the situation. Uh, do you think because i you know you talk about our lovely dog very often and uh and i'm a big dog person too i love it to death i i think she should just get immunized no matter what the guy because you're missing out on the furry love of a creature i know it's so wonderful Um, really also yeah just you don't ever want to like walk into a place where they a lot of shops sometimes have cats and dogs and like why walk through life constantly scared because this girl had like a death 
immediately allergic yeah, yeah. reaction to when she was around cats. And yeah. I don't know if this immunization would right. help somebody with that extreme of... Right. of uh, that's that's yeah. where it might be a problem because I, seeing as how extreme her allergy was, it seems like she probably might know. She would have talked to a doctor about this, maybe. I, I don't know. I assume. If you haven't, look into this. Leslie gave a little tip. Yeah. I, we hope to hear from you, Uh Cat person who I don't remember, cat allergic person yeah. name. Let us let us yeah, know. Yeah, let happened. us know how things are going. I don't remember her name. It's it's Sorry. in my other rundown. Sorry. That's okay. But um all right, Nick, what is in the mailbox for us this ah, week? Okay. This is a long tale, but one worth telling. It's complicated. This is from Grace. Uh uh both my boyfriend and best friend oh, nope. Sorry. Yeah, that one. That one? Okay, sorry. Okay, both my boyfriend and best friend live in Chicago, and I'm wanting to move there in the near future. I want to live with my boyfriend, and he and I have had several discussions about living together, what furniture uh, we would need to buy, etc. I've told my best friend that I want to move to Chicago because it would be awesome to live in the same city as her for the first time since college. Every time I bring it up, she mentions her and I living together. When (laughs) When I first talked... Uh, moving to Chicago, I wasn't sure how my boyfriend felt about living together, so I told my best friend it would be awesome to live with her. Now that my boyfriend and I have agreed we want to live together, I don't know how to handle telling my best friend, especially because she gets so excited about the thought of her and I living together. How do I navigate this situation without hurting my best friend's feelings too much? See, I have a method to my madness. We talked for the first half of the podcast about us living together. <laughs> now everything comes full circle. Look at you. Uh, well, when you do move to Chicago, make sure you get a new place together. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I, I really thought you were going to say a specific kind of pizza, but you, oh, you get, went another route. Get Lou Mal- <laughs> yeah. You should get Lou Malnati's pizza. <laughs> Lou Malnati's. Uh, is the, it's not the Illuminati. Sometimes people think that it's Lou, L-O-U, and then his last name is Malnati. Sometimes uh, there are certain things you say that make me see you as the 60-year-old woman you'll be when I'm, you know, the 64-year-old man. That I'll, like that what? I'll be. Like Lou Malinati's. Like every time Chicago gets mentioned, uh, I mean, I did it this time, but uh, there are certain things you always say. And, uh, like Pete's, like uh, yeah, Lou Malinati's. You, you got to try Lou Malinati's yeah. pizza. Yeah, exactly. The, that little moment. Uh, I already told you that I'm excited to grow old with you because I'm going to make a great old person. <laughs> I already love doing all the things old people like to do, such yeah. as go to Broadway shows, such as try <laughs> like, you know, very specific restaurants and like eating at five and going to bed at nine. I mean, we don't, we normally go to bed like 2 a.m., but, right. but when I was visiting your well, parents in Naples, Florida, we this, went to sleep really early and I was really into it. This might be a hot take, but I think uh, young, bougie, uh, Williamsburg hipster kids live a lot like old people. I think it's a, it's a very similar <laughs> lifestyle. Uh, Grace, we're ignoring your question uh, just because we're processing Okay, it. you answer it first because you're sort I, of our guest. Okay. Uh, yeah, I... F- feel like this is a conundrum um i am i'm wondering about how long you've been with the boyfriend uh that seems important here to to know uh because a lot of time like moving to a big city together is a big life change and if you guys are rock solid and this is the step you guys are making together and this is where you want to go like i think your best friend hopefully we'll understand like hey you're making a big move in life and um and 
a good friend will understand that hey this is a this is a big thing and maybe there were some complexities about chatting it up in the beginning about logistics but hopefully they can just let that go and recognize wow you're you're making a big step in your life and that's really important uh if this is a sort of a newer thing we're not really sure about the guy we're into him but we don't know it's not the worst idea in the world to try living in a place first uh, with your best friend with your best friend and uh, make sure Chicago is the city for you. This guy's the guy for you. I, I guess it, it's really dependent on, on where you're at in your yeah, relationship. Yeah, because that would suck if she goes there, she disappoints her friend and says, I can't live with you. I'm living with my boyfriend. They they move there together. They, they break up. And then she runs back to her best friend and is like, oh, hey, now I want to live with you. And the friend's like, I'm not like second fiddle here, okay? Yeah. Because friends get really sensitive about that. They don't like being like, you know. Yeah, I mean, I still think in that context, the friend who know the situation might be that now the friend has another roommate and it doesn't work out, whatever. Yeah. But um, I guess I'm my advice is to the friend. The friend hopefully uh, is understanding of Grace's spot here because if she's ready to make the choice uh, to move in with somebody, that's that's a that's a big life decision, and um, and hopefully the friend is is going to understand that and, and stick by her through it. Yeah, I wonder if her best friend has met the boyfriend. I would assume that they ha- right. that. That right. she has, which is why, which is why I wonder I'm, if she likes him. You know, yeah. This is some of those details are because you would think that if if they know they're both moving there anyway. I'm wondering. I'm wondering, Grace. I wonder I think, if Grace has even told her best friend that her boyfriend also wants to move to Chicago. Yeah, Gracie. This is one where I think you're just going to have to have some of the hard conversations. I think got to put it out there with a friend, hear what she has to say, and. um and make your call from there. Yeah, I would just like on the phone when you're talking about Chicago, be like, oh, I'm so excited and talk about all the things you're going to do with her in Chicago. And then I would just say, let's say your boyfriend's name is Jesse. Be like, hey, so Jesse, Jesse asked me about living with him in Chicago. Like, what do you think about that? And kind of like bring her along in the dialogue of your decision making about whether you want to do that or not. And I would kind of say like, what, you know, what do you think? And, and maybe she'll say like, I think that's a great idea. Obviously I want to live with you, but you know, and maybe she'll say like, I think that's a horrible idea. And then you'll kind of say like, yeah, I don't know. I'm considering it. I don't know. Uh, and then just at least that way she is, feels a little bit a part of the decision and she'll be a little bit more invested in when you decide to live with your boyfriend if that's what you end up doing. But I think bringing your best friend along in the decision-making will make her not angry at you. It'll make her feel like she's a part of that decision. Yeah, this could be coming from an age in life where she's trying to to be positive and and say yes to everyone in her life. You know, it reminded me of the time you uh, agreed to go to prom with two people. Uh, So I I think she's in a a similar spot here. Uh, Grace, let us know how it goes. Yeah. Let's do this. All right, we have one more question. This this is the long this one. This is the that, long one. Yeah, I got things a little out of order, but uh, let's do it. Okay. This is a this is a little darker. Yeah, I yeah. wasn't sure if we should read it on the podcast, but with you here, I kind of <laughs> wanted to have like a male okay. perspective. Yeah, this one's intense. So, uh, if buckle up your seatbelts. If your kids have been listening, ask them to leave the room. No, uh, don't. It's not. It's, <laughs> it's not, not like sexual. That. Right. It's a little scary. All right. Here we go. So, I just wanted to start out with the fact that I absolutely love your show. I left the sentence in there. No. Actually, I'm currently listening to it, LOL. Uh, sorry, I'm letting it 
reading it literally. But I have this situation and I really need advice. So for the past six months, I've had a stalker. It's not like some guy uh, that I'm overreacting about. It's actually really bad. I didn't know him at all and he's been following me for years and I had no idea until recently. I have a restraining order. Uh, My case was on the news. He's tried to attack me and it's been absolutely terrible. Jesus. I ended up having to move uh, having to move to get away from it, but it still manages to affect my day-to-day life. Uh, I've had about three guys in the past six months that I felt very close with and could see myself being with. Um, backstory, I got out of an abuse I got out of an abusive relationship two years ago and haven't really felt close with guys or really liked anyone this whole time until now. So the fact that I've liked people is a huge deal for me. But after a few weeks of hanging out and getting close, I have to tell them about my stalker. I don't want to, but since it's a huge part of my life, I can't have them uh, post snaps or post on social media about me or even really tell anyone uh, uh, where I live. Which makes sense logistically of why she has to Mm -hmm. tell them this early. Like They can't be posting Mm -hmm. on pictures on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And every single time I tell them, they basically say it's too much baggage for them. And they think we should stop talking because it's too much for them. It really upsets me because, yes, I understand how hard it is to grasp and deal with, but I'm just scared this is how my life is going to be forever. I don't see my soccer giving up anytime soon. Normally, situations don't get completely handled until someone dies, unfortunately. I hope that's not true. That cannot be true. But this is something I can't just make disappear. Uh, I've just been alone for so long, and I was finally starting to feel like I could love again. And then this starts and honestly this boy is ruining me ruining my life and i just need one thing that can make it a little better someone that will be like uh, the light through this dark time because it's hard being scared and alone i'm at a point where i don't know if i should just not tell them or should i keep being honest help um that's from anonymous first i just want to say that if you are ever feeling unsafe I know you have this restraining order, but if you are ever feeling unsafe, you have to call the authorities or police at any time. Staying safe is the biggest problem. I know that you're not asking us for advice on how to stay safe, but, uh, but, but yeah, this is very terrifying. Yeah, I um, situation. I think that there's so many frustrating things inside of reading this that I feel frustration for you. Um that I kind of don't really know how to talk about because I think it's somebody outside of your life is making a choice and taking it out of your hands and just making your life difficult. And that's got to be maddening. And I think you're sort of discussing um, something that I only know through watching like crime dramas is this idea that like you can get a restraining order, but you can't, it's not really necessarily a crime to stalk a person until you do something physically harmful, which is a, sort of a terrifying idea. And so that seems to be the issue. But your question is about when and how and if you can address that with guys that you're interested in being around. And I, as I read it, I, I recognize like, you know, I, I'm imagining a situation where I just met you, uh, I'm single in this scenario, Laura. I'm not. Uh, well, no, yeah. that's the yes, yeah. of course. But I, I, I wanted to have. You, I wanted to read this question with you because I yeah. thought it was important to have a guy's opinion and know what it would be like for a guy to be dating yeah. a girl pretty early on. Right. She says she has to tell them within a couple weeks, and 
Right. And they tell you this news and say, you can never post anything about me. Yeah. I, that's a, that's heavy. I, I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a very, she seems to understand what, what happens to people when they hear that, which is like, they've been running. Yeah. No, no matter how excited you are about a, a new person, um, that kind of information is something that feels a little bit too hard to process. Um, Especially at the beginning when people try to, they kind of hide their baggage and they hide their history. This is also a fitting question for this episode. And you, at the beginning, things are usually pretty easy and you kind of slowly let things out. And she doesn't have that luxury because mm -hmm. this is such a terrifying situation. It's a life or death problem. I mean, hopefully not, but but that's what she you know feels that it's a danger to herself personally mm -hmm. if they post pictures, which is why she can't tell them later on. She can't hold her baggage in. She can't keep it secret. She has to tell them that about this this history. Yeah, and she has to tell them soon before they necessarily are very committed to her and are all in and are willing to accept anything. Yeah, it's putting her in a pretty extreme situation all the time, which is making it hard to have a sort of a, a natural relationship grow from that um, because the scenario where somebody early on hears about this and, and says, great, I'm all in. Um, that's really intense. You know, that's adding a whole other level of intensity that I don't think is like the normal one, two, three, four week vibe that you want to have with somebody. And, um, that's putting you in, in such a bad spot. So I think that all I have for you is like sympathy and empathy and just like the a feeling of frustration for you. And I guess um, one thing, you know, inside of this and the way that you wrote it, I think you're writing it from a place of like concern and, and frustration. Um, you talked about someone kind of being your light uh, through this kind of dark time. And I, and I think that that, is probably coming from a place of wanting some relief from um, a pretty frightening situation. And I think that that's a, a kind of pressure and expectation um, that's going to sort of double down on itself, you know, that like it's going to make it hard for a person. Um, I don't know. To like are, always feel like they need to be a light yeah. and they always need to be her rock, you mean? Yeah. Or to but be I able, understand what or, she's saying. Or to be able to confront it. Oh, in yeah. a way that, that she's hoping is going to help them through. Because um, I think that I, I would actually say, like, even talking about this, like, you might find that putting it, this out there immediately to people that you're meeting, you know, new, I, I mean, immediately before, like, flirting with talking to, but, like, talking to this more... Yeah, but if she's... Well, I guess she's probably not online dating, right? I, I don't know. That's... She's probably... I would think probably not online dating. Yeah. And so, like... Okay, this is what I, I would say. I think her... I think you've got to like, you've got to date people. If you're, if this keeps happening, I think you'll eventually, I believe that you'll eventually meet the guy that will stand by you and not care about this information and will take on that baggage. And that's the kind of person that you want because in the long run, they're going to help you through this. That being said, I would try to start friendships with like more women and men and like maybe you'll meet somebody that's like in your friend group that becomes a romantic interest that already knows about your situation you know, but like loves you as a person and is already invested in not, you. Not to make your situation darker, but that's also true for her friends. Like they they can't 
snap pics of her yeah. out either. So that's also a thing. But it's uh, also probably like as a friend, you're probably like, great, you can always be the one to take the picture. <laughs> <laughs> right, if we're going for practical solutions then i'm just saying like i'm I, sure her friends are nice no, and they understand and they're like no, no, okay no. cool like I, like i i'm her name's anonymous but let's say like her name's julie which it's not uh julie julie always takes the pictures I, you also need to date uh liam neeson and taken or like or like a military dude or a yeah, Navy right? SEAL. let's find some let's find some protectors yeah some dudes who are down <laughs> down to get dirty uh, I would just look at expanding your friendship circle with people that are like good, kind people. And once they know you and they've like fallen in love with you as a person, they're going to take on this baggage and they're going to want to stand by you and they're not going to care that you have a stalker because they're already <laughs> going to like, you're, I think you need to build these relationships slowly. You're right. I, I'm only laughing because it's like uh, all of this just makes me be like, fuck this stalker guy. Like what? That's so that that she has to organize her life in any way. I know. Based on somebody else's uh, decisions. Have you, as um, uh, many of you know, my wife, Laura, has done some on-air stuff here and there. Have, has you, And I think many women deal with this in general, but have you ever had, have you ever felt uh, stalked or made uncomfortable by somebody um, who kind of stayed in your... Uh, not to like an extreme situation where I was worried for my safety, thank God, but it crossed my mind a lot. I used to host a poker show for ESPN for like two years and it was, um, I don't know, like just being like a female bra. And at the time I was like getting on all these lists of like hottest, like female, like sports broadcasters. And I, and like, you know, like it'd be on list with like Aaron Andrews who we, as we know, like had a terrifying like stalker situation and, and like it, it really was like big wake up call. And I was always a little afraid of it, but luckily nothing that I know about. And if I did have any stalkers at any point, they didn't let me know about it. And they have since moved on to other people. <laughs> so you had very respectful stalkers. Very respectful if you stalkers that. that I didn't know about. No, um, I didn't. I didn't. Thank God. I, as a, as a woman that has like any social media yeah. or like personality presence on air on TV, I was always a little scared. But yeah, I'm grateful it never happened. I'm glad to hear it. It sounds awful and uh, anonymous. We are. We have a lot of sympathy. Yeah, really sorry to hear and what empathy. you're going through. Um, but yeah, let us know, and I'm please keep us posted on on how it goes dating. Yeah, I think you just got to keep doing what you're doing. I would don't a lot. The last thing I will say is you, your last line said that at some point you're wondering if you should just not tell them at all. And I would say, do not go on that road. I think you need to go on the road of honesty because otherwise you're going to feel like repressed and you're going to have this stuff going on in your life. And like you, you might be like scared if you're somewhere and you like see some shadow and you're not going to, you're going to need to tell them why you're just going to need to be honest. And eventually I truly believe you're going to meet someone that will, that will stand by you. Um, if you listeners want your questions answered, you can email us at contact at this is why your single show.com. You can also find our contact info on our website. This is why your single show.com. Now let's dive in to our reason of the week. This week's reason is we all have a history. It's all about accepting people for who they are and their baggage. And it's all about if you like the person that you're dating, don't get so consumed with their past. Which is what you preach a lot, Nick, right? Yeah, I think that is. Yeah. But how, what 
do you think are important fundamental things to know about someone? Like you want to accept people for who they are and you want to accept people for their mistakes and their baggage and their exes and their dates and their hookups because it all made the person, the collective Mm -hmm. soul and human that they are that you now love. But there's certain things you still want to know, right? Yeah. I think uh, everyone's history is kind of just a part of their evolving story that they're telling themselves in the world about who they are and who they want to be so you know they're all going to have like basic things that they want to share with you and i i feel like you kind of a good way to meet somebody that you're excited about or open about or willing to engage with is uh to take those things as they come you know which means like uh you share the parts of your life that you think make the most sense of you and you take those in from someone else um, the same. So I don't know. I feel I feel like some people have things like we, we, we just did the question about the person from the stalker. That's like a pressing imminent thing that would have to be dealt with. You know, it's mm-hmm. a real thing. That's um, so that's something you'd have to know. Uh I think that, you know, you kind of have to act accordingly in terms of judging, like, how how much impact is this thing making today in your life? And you kind of go from there. Yeah. Uh, and you can't worry about whether someone's going to judge you or not. I yeah. mean, you maybe don't want to tell everybody everything, like, the first no, date, I, you know? No, and also I don't think that you... If you're looking at your life as a series of, of traumas and... And baggage. And baggage, and, then I think you're... And like ar- skeletons. Yeah, I think you're already sort of stacking the deck against you in terms of being able to communicate with somebody, you know? I, That's I, not how you should think about yourself. You shouldn't think right. of yourself as someone hiding skeletons. Right, and I don't think you should think about other people that way either, you know? Yeah, exactly. I think a lot, of, a lot of the things that in our lives are either traumatic or make us uncomfortable or are confusing to us are also, you know, uh, ways that we connect to other people. They're their stories, they're beautiful, they're pain, they're the, you know, I think you can connect over the things that you find challenging too. And you have to know that everybody has them. Yeah. So like if you're thinking that like, oh, I'm scared to tell somebody this thing about me, just know that they have their own pain and they have their own baggage and they have their own history and their own so-called skeletons as well. Which brings us to our reason of the week breakdown. Everyone has a history. It's the collection of life events that make people who they are. Nick claims he doesn't care about my past, uh, but <laughs> where would he I, really draw the line? As soon as those trumpets came, I knew this was getting intense. Let's yes. go. I've come up with a list of secrets from my past. Some are true. Some are not true, but we're just going to assume they're all true. Yeah. And I want Nick to say whether he accept me still in a game <laughs> we call okay or not okay. Are you ready to play? Sure. Number one. Okay, you can't look at the you can't look at this. <laughs> okay. Number one, I have a restraining order against me from an ex boyfriend. <laughs> okay or not okay? Uh, yeah, that's okay. I mean, that's not your fault. What? Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, I had a baby and I gave it up for adoption. Yeah, that's okay. I mean, um, that I would want to know about how early, how early, like what if I told you now I had a baby that I gave up for adoption (laughs) and we've been married for two years. Um, I would wonder why it took so long for you to say that, but I think I would also know. You would be okay with it. Yeah. 
Yeah. Wow. I don't know. You wouldn't feel like it's a secret I withheld? I I would definitely think it was a secret you withheld, but I would also... You'd still like me? (laughs) You'd still still like you. (laughs) You would still Uh, love me? Yeah, for sure. Great. Um, Okay. If you found out that I hooked up with a paparazzi photographer, which is a gross thing, (laughs) 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 would you be okay with that? uh, I, I, your judgment of a, of the paparazzi. I mean, I, what they do is gross, but them as individuals, they might not be. No, that's fine. Of course. Yeah, who cares? yeah the, the people themselves were good. Yeah. Uh, I got a chin implant. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I think I, I worry about body modification stuff because it makes me worry about, um, I don't know. I, I'm sort of for people kind of loving who they are and what they are, but if you got a chin implant, because you... But if it makes people more confident. Yeah, that's the argument uh, that people make for it, uh, and I that is a, not something that I'm on board with, like, in my own life, but if it, if it, if that is something that you needed to do, uh, yeah, I, sure, I'm okay with it. All right. Uh, I previously filed for bankruptcy. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's okay. That's uh, Money's hard. It's weird. It's scary. Uh, Are you being honest with these with these questions that you're okay with all of these things? Yeah, all I right. am. All right. Uh, never graduated college. Yeah, who cares? Yeah. Well, what if you thought that I did and I didn't? Um, I guess the, the more we get into the territory of like misrepresenting things, you know, like that I would... When I say I'm okay with it, I, I'm taking you at face value as like my partner and a person that I know as you are. I would be like, well, why did you feel like you had to say that to me? Mm-hmm. And that would bum me out. But uh, but it wouldn't change how I thought about you. I mean, I don't I don't care if anyone graduates from college in my life, you know. So I would just be like, why why did you feel like you needed to tell me you did? Uh, and I would want to have that conversation, but. I'm okay with it. I'd just be like, oh, that sucks that you didn't feel comfortable telling me that before. But you're okay. <laughs> um, okay, was caught shoplifting. Yeah, fine. Who cares? Yeah. Um, I was secretly married before you and never told you. <laughs> um, yeah, I think seven years into a relationship to find that out now, uh, I don't know that that would be okay. I'd, I'd, be upset by that not okay. <laughs> we got one we got one um i was born with missing organs <laughs> yeah that's okay <laughs> that's such a weird one for people that don't know me um <laughs> my ex-boyfriend died under mysterious circumstances oh, wow um <laughs> uh i uh, and I'm just finding this out, or yeah. you're telling me that? <laughs> you're just finding it out. Uh, the mysterious circumstances <laughs> I think I'd want to know about. Uh, I don't I guess not okay because I want to know more about it. I don't. Uh, if, you, if you murdered someone, I want to know. <laughs> 
All right. Well, three of those are true. The other seven are not true. And I'm not telling people which ones. That's fine. That's fine. I don't need to know as we've established. Okay. So as long as I didn't murder anybody and I was not married, you're okay. Seems like you're pretty okay with everything. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds about right. All right. Well, I'm not going to tell you if I did those or not. You might not even know. Um um, oh boy well we hope this episode was good we hope we have cleared up this week's <laughs> reason guys that is it for this week's this is why you're single podcast you can check out angela and my book it's available on amazon barnes and noble and our audiobook on audible thank you to my bay for stepping up to the plate and thank uh, you for co-hosting with me while uh, angela was in dc yeah can i can I say, Angela, we need you back soon. I don't want to be interrogated every week <laughs> on this podcast. He thought he was just co-hosting. He didn't know it was oh going to be an interrogation. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm exhausted. <laughs> we need you back. We miss you. We love you. Um, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at your single show. You can follow me. Please follow me. <laughs> I've been told by my agent that I need yes. to get more Followers, followers. Uh, social. I know that's not a reason for you to follow me. You're like, oh, well, I don't give a <laughs> fuck you. I don't care what your agent thinks is probably what you're thinking. Uh, but I'll, I'll like, I don't know. I'll just be really grateful, and I really will like go and check out your profile. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, you were so needy in that pitch right there. I am that very was, needy. Uh, I really need a lot. We have like thousands and thousands of listeners, and yeah. I just need them all to follow me. Because, all right, guys. Okay. So follow, follow me Laura. on Twitter at Laura Lane. You can follow me on Instagram too at Laura Lane Rad. <laughs> um, and you can check out all of the Headgum shows that Nick podcasts. Yeah, follow, or Nick produces. Yeah, you said follow the girls on their Twitter and Instagram at your no, I already, show. I already you said did that. it. All right. Yeah. Just tell them about the Headgum shows. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, <laughs> well, you can listen to all of them. Actually, um, shout out to Andrew Pyle, who is a, a new wonderful employee at HeadGum who built a beautiful new website. And if you haven't checked out the HeadGum website, go over there. It's beautiful. Check out all our podcasts. I particularly love Twinovation, uh, which you can hear me on. And Yeah, he's on that one now. You've been oh, yeah. upgraded. I, I, I did this. I, I became the producer who sat in and, and now I'm on the show. Look out, Angela. Uh but also check out Black Man Can't Jump. I love those guys. Great show uh, we make. And I love so many of them. But check those out. And uh, yes, just hang out and head, head over to that website and love it. Also, please make sure to like and subscribe to us on iTunes. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Tune in next week for a whole new show. Don't worry. Angela will be back. Bye. This is why you're single. This is why you're single. That was a HeadGum Podcast.